The Morning Brew is brought to you by West Rock Coffee. It's time for your Morning Brew. Grab a cup of joe and get caught up on everything you need to know. Here's Schlereth and Evans. Here we go with Orlando Franklin staying in for Stink. He'll be here for the second half of the show at uh, 730. He's off doing some uh, national TV work back in uh, New York. Nathaniel Hackett talking about how the Broncos can be better on third down. I mean, to me, we should be more efficient across the board. We should be better running the ball, throwing the ball, uh, everything. And uh, unfortunately, I continually say this, but it does come down to the third down. We look at what stalls our drives, and especially this past game when we have manageable third downs, we have to find a way to convert those. Whether we got to take off and run, whether we got to do completely different schemes, whether we got to get all, all kinds of different, we have to evaluate everything. Yeah, we're uh, hearing the same thing week after week after week. But uh, all right, let, let's tackle this one, Big O. Mm. Well, why is this such a lousy team on third down? Can you can you put your finger on one or two things? They don't have any identity. Um, they not only do they not have identity when it gets to third down, they don't have the adjustments for the blitz. We all talk. We just talked about Peyton Manning, right? And you know Peyton moving the front office and the clickbait that James Merrillat wrote up yesterday for all of our people here in Broncos Unsolicited country. Unsolicited shot at James. Yeah, I love it. I'm throwing haymakers at James early love on it. a Tuesday, six thirty one. Hey man, man, you got you got you got license. Yeah, putting people in body 007. bags, Mike. 007, let's go. License to kill. <laughs> yeah, but but for me, you know, I, I look at this football team that that. Or that doesn't have like the blitz beaters, the side adjustments. They don't know what they do well. Whenever there was a team that was going to blitz us two off the edge, that was a zone pressure team that had to do a high rotation when they blitz two off of one side, we knew that that DT play, that little quick screen, that we were going to get to it every single time. Heck, I could not. I could close my eyes at the line of scrimmage and hear Peyton call Crease or Alley at the line of scrimmage, and I could tell you there's two blitzers coming off. This defense is playing zone right now, and if I am the tackle, if I get that safety that's coming down hard over the top, it's a house call. This will get me a house. so we understand the why, we understand where we're going, and we understand everything. Shouldn't about Russ? It. Shouldn't Russ be able at this this stage of his career be able Abs- to see all that stuff? Uh, absolutely. So why but isn't we, he? But we haven't seen him. Do that stuff. I, I know. I'm asking why. I, I don't know if these guys do side adjustments. That was a big thing that Peyton Madden did. What, uh, all quarterbacks did. Peyton Phillip, even Tim Tebow was working on side adjustments. And that's just throwing into the blitz and being able to check to get the ball out of your hands quick when a team does blitz and your offensive line doesn't hold up. So is this team working on things like that? And I beg to say no, Mike, because I constantly hear Russell Wilson talking about, man, I've done these things in the past. I've done these things in the past and I'll do it again. Well, this team hasn't done these things in the past. They haven't had this success. And if you had these things up, these options up, your quarterback that you're paying a quarter of a billion dollars that have played over a decade that has been a running quarterback, he should understand when a team is blitzing or when a team is not to be able to get the ball out of his hands quick. And he just has not done that. Next on the Morning Brew, the Avalanche lose to the Flyers last night. They are struggling right now. And the injury... Plague continues, and now the latest Nathan McKinnon left the game with an upper body injury, took a shot in the first period, and winced, and he finished his shift, but when he went over to the bench, you saw him kind of favoring his left side, 
left the game, did not return. Jared Bednar uh, not offering a lot of info on what's going on with Nate. I liked our first period a lot, actually. You know, it was uh, a little disheartening to come out of it down 2-1 because I thought we were doing some good things. Had a bunch of really good looks at the net. I thought their goalie was really good in the first and kind of gave them an opportunity to kind of get their footing. And then you lose McKinnon and things, uh, you know, get even thinner up front. Yeah, when you lose a guy like Nate, it's going to get extremely thin because nobody's going to bring what Nate brings night in, night out to the game. Uh, this team has already been battling with injuries and dealing with it. They're trying to figure things out. You know, the biggest difference between hockey and football, football, it's all year round. You show up in April, you, you get your, your nine weeks and you're still, you know, you have your playbook. You're still working towards it. Even when you break from OTAs, then you show up for training camp. It's every day, the grind, right? It's at least 11 hours in the facility for veterans, 12, 13 hours for rookies, but you're always constantly working together. That football team is together with hockey now. You know, you got guys that are all over the place. You're calling up guys. You're bringing guys in from the Eagles. You're you're scouring that waiver wire. You're trying to, you know, put together a team and constantly put together a team. With how many injuries the Abs have, it's going to be a roller coaster ride. It's right now. It's it's about getting through it. Get waiting to get the reserves, and once you get the reserves, you'll be fine for the long run. But it's just getting through the season and making sure you punch your ticket to the postseason. Next on the morning brew. Deion Sanders, right to work, transfer portals open, but also putting together a staff as uh, he looks to make his immediate impact. The Bible says God uses the foolish things to confound the wise, and he's always taken me to unlikely places. You know, usually when you're great, I mean great at something, I mean really great at something, I was really great, you know? <laughs> I'm joking, you're going to understand my sense of humor now. <laughs> I kind of want joking though. I really was. <laughs> Usually, you're a staple of that organization. Well, he is uh, using his charm. He's using his uh, ability to recruit on a coaching staff that already is looking pretty impressive. Willie Taggart, the former Florida State coach, is going to be joining his staff. Sean Lewis, who's the current head coach. At Kent State, he's walking away from being a head coach at a Division One program to be the offensive coordinator here. Mm. What do you make of that move? Well, I'm hanging those coattails. Um, he understands what's going on, and everybody should understand what's going on. We've heard the narrative. Come on, and the narrative is true. Don't get it twisted. If, if in two years now a Georgia comes knocking, or a, you know a big uh, Auburn or or a big school, uh, not Auburn, but you know just one of these bigger schools come knocking, mm-hmm. I think Dion leaves, and I think Dion is going to show the exact same loyalty that he has showed in this move. He's bringing guys from Jackson State, coaches and players, right? So now when he moves on in a couple years. That's probably going to happen as well. Deion's the hot commodity right now. People are seeing that, starting to see and open the eyes, right? Players are going to come to CU. CU is going to win some football games. Deion's going to have another opportunity now to take a next step. Do you think he's here? Is is he here beyond three years? Is he here for a fourth year? Depends on how those three years go, Mike. But the way you but the way you anticipate them. uh, Um, if if they're you know year one. 
you know, they're very close to punching their ticket to a bowl game, year two. Now they get to a bowl game, year three, you know, they're in, say, the top 15. I think he's out. I think he's out. And I think not only is he out, he's going to get an opportunity at another big-time college, or maybe he gets an opportunity in National Football League, Mike. And I think a lot of people want to kind of, hey, you know what? The train's leaving. Let me jump on that train. Because that train has a lot of upside to it. I get the idea that that people look at this as a a stepping stone move. But I don't know why it has to be. Because if, if you are looking at a coach, if you're a college football coach, what are the things you're looking for? You're definitely looking to get paid. Yeah. You're you're looking to be able to uh, have all the resources to win, mm. and you're looking to to be able to compete for a national championship. Mm. And with the expansion of the college football playoff to 12 teams here, and and with the Pac-12 not being as daunting as the the Big Ten and the SEC is going to be, I, I just think that you have the opportunity to really. Well, you know, basically be like a Pete Carroll at USC. And I agree, Mike. But the first thing you said, you're Hopefully looking to get paid. minus the scandal. You said the first thing you said, you're looking to get paid. Yeah. We know CU, they talked about they don't got the money yet for Dion's contract, but they're going to get it, right? So in three years right now, you get that pay bump. And you're on par because you have turned this program around. But now you're on par with the Nick Sabans. You're on par yeah. with the, the Notre Dame's head coach and the Penn State's head coaches. You're on par. That that money gets there because you have won those games. And now you are competing and trying to get into the playoffs and competing for a national championship. Yeah, you stay. Yeah, he stays mm-hmm. because he's turned this thing completely around. Yeah. But the first thing you say, looking to get paid. Oh, yeah. And I mean, CU's yeah. See, already well, said. No, I mean, that's the, uh, the five and a half. They got to go find that five right, and a half. Right. But if this thing takes off the way that many of us think it will, you you watch how people are now willing to, to contribute. The boosters, the big money people come in to make sure this guy stays. And if that happens, he stays. Yeah. So I, I'm not I'm not looking at this as an automatic that he's just here enjoying for two or three years and he's automatically gone. That'll do it for the morning brew.